Hello, I'm glad you're here. I'm lead media disruption developer Kai Huberus, and this is Eureka Cast Now, where we discuss the latest optimizations, innovations, and disruptions in science and also technology. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science. Hey there, Rowan. Hello, and let us aspire to a nourishing and stimulating scientific discourse this evening. Right. I am already very nourished. I'm already very stimulated um, in many different ways, and I'm looking forward to getting even more so over the course of this night. Well, uh, so... Uh, so am I, frankly. I think there's some very interesting developments that have come forward. In the last two weeks, we did allow the Citizen Science Conference to do a quick repeat just because it was right. such a monumental occasion. It and, was and historic. Pe- people were looking forward to it. Uh, the guests in particular, um, they they obviously they couldn't listen to the broadcast because they were a part of the broadcast. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to give them, afford them that opportunity and to them, from them, the the reaction has been mixed, but I thought we did a very good job. I think I thought they were wonderful. I'm so glad to have brought them on because they really shook things up on in the first annual, what we hope to be annual, Citizen Science Conference. And the, the Journal of Citizen Science is in the making. We're working on that. So hold your horses if you want to get it to get, on, get your hands on that. Yes, that's being uh, held up in large part due to the aforementioned guests who um, we are, have been told not to name um, by them. Sure, and by people uh, managing their estates. Right. But anyway, let's, let's, so that's, that's coming soon. Stay, uh, hold your breath is all I'll say. Because it's going to be out really soon. Um, but to start off this show, I want to talk about something that many many citizen scientists out there who are interested in space exploration, or should I say the Chicago Incubator for Space Exploration and Colonization, might have heard of already. And this was that it came out that Chicago's own uh, you know, incubator uh, for the promotion of, of, of exploration of, of space. Well, CHISEC, as we, uh, we all know. CHISEC. Um, they have... Um, advertised to certain high-profile individuals an offer to send DNA samples of their choosing to the moon um, to be stored in what they're calling a biological time capsule. Now, we don't have a lot of information about this yet. It's surprisingly untransparent considering the institution we're talking about. Of course, uh, it is rather strange because uh, one of the things that Chisek has been so hopeful with uh, is is the way that they democratize the data that they take yeah, through they their, the numerous, their numerous their uh, numerous projects, projects and, and missions, uh, uh, missions observatories they have right. in operation. Uh, in particular, I know the xenobiology circles that I frequent um, amongst my sort of. St- friends and colleagues mm-hmm. your circle a lot of that work is supported by the data that chisec puts out and a lot of it is very very compelling and uh, right a lot of my media data comes from that as well so to have this i because i have heard of this as well this this sort of non uh not non- from seemingly under the table uh <laughs> offer that was offered up to these pro- high profile people Right. It just uh, it's it's interesting. I'm not going to presume bad faith because the organization does very good work. Right. But um, so I, I I'm tentatively excited to see what they have in the works. Right. Hopefully, will it'll reveal itself um, in the future at some point, and we'll all have a good chuckle at how how suspicious we were. Um, but we do know is that 40 high profile individuals have paid an undisclosed amount to send undisclosed DNA samples to be buried 1.22 meters below the lunar surface in uh, what they're calling the Proteus mission. Now, the wording of that is is somewhat confusing to Mm -hmm. me, Kai. Undisclosed DNA. Yes. Their DNA? Uh, Well, we don't know. I mean, and that's a problem. That's a problem on multiple fronts. Obviously, we don't know a lot about this mission. Um, So... You know, it could be their DNA, and, and, you know, we just haven't found the crucial detail in the small snippets that we were able to pull out of, you know, informants and, and, and things like that, you know, from media leaks. It could be that. But what we do know is they seem to be keeping on especially high 
uh, behind especially high uh, encryption exactly what the DNA is. It's possible that Chisek doesn't even know what kind of DNA they are sending. Well, if that were to be the case, I could certainly respect their respect for privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do hope more information about this comes forward. Because I do hope the, so as well. It's it's tantalizing, right? It really is. I mean, you know, it may come to, and I don't want to. I don't want to make claims like this. But it may come to, uh, you know, to uh, to pass that perhaps some individuals from some overly curious organizations uh, have to take a spaceship right up there and dig it up themselves well <laughs> for for um for legal purposes that's yeah, just a speculation yeah, of course it's it's something that could happen maybe in some sort of dramatic sci-fi opera so speaking of space mm. as we often do uh, space is we've discussed at length the sexiness of various fields of study so sexy so uh, smooth. Sp- space is historically and continues to be one of the sexiest types of science They don't out call there. it the Milky Way for, for nothing. That being said, this story isn't because it's sexy, but it is. It's, it's, what what it, is it, Ron? It's, well, it's really quite interesting. So to start us off, I'm going to speak for myself, but I think I'm going to also be speaking for you, Kai, and no. the the general sort of individuals out there listening, the citizen scientists we'll out there. We'll see if you do, yes. Um, when we think of modern-day horoscopes, now I'm referring mm-hmm. to sun signs, the things that are published in right. newspapers. Libra, uh, the, uh, Capricorn. As it is presented, it is 100% bunk. It is 100% wow. BS. And, and, and now, that comes from someone who is a spirit scientist. This is Yeah, this is very surprising coming from you, Rowan. I didn't expect you to, to come out so strongly against uh, on this issue. Well... Spirit sciences and um, astrology as a wider sort of as umbrella field, field yeah. yes, there is a uh, there is rigor to it and 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 ways in which to optimize results and, mm-hmm. and study it, and it is immediately obvious to individuals who study this sort of thing right. that that sun signs as they are now are not accurate. They do not adequ- accurately describe phenomenon. Um, which is frankly easily observable, and right. the data the data is very clear on this. The, absolutely, uh, absolutely, one hundred percent. And there is a reason for this. However, there is a very simple categorical reason for why right. this is the case, and that is, of course, the natural variations in the Earth's rotation over time. Um, sure. Now, uh, as the Earth rotates and uh, as well as its orbit the mm-hmm. the small changes that accumulate over time do change our understanding of what is occurring with regards to the zodiac signs right. and, and the why, individuals born underneath them and that's why you know the scorpios of today are not the same scorpios as we saw you know uh, 2000 years ago well, one exactly exactly and and you know the ability to redress this has finally finally come to fruition we're finally oh. there because the astro astro excuse me <clears throat> the astrological union has proposed introducing leap signs to fix issues with the modern day birth chart or really one leap sign leap uh, signs this is like a, a leap year essentially it really is the same concept uh you have a a sick a cycle of sort right. of that that occurs in a not entirely tidy manner with the framing devices that are put on it right months and years yeah. and what have you right so you have to introduce a uh, an exception something that will occur intermittently to fix the issues right because this is ultimately what you're saying is this is an astrological uh calculation error um sort of a mathematical error in in you know where the data like that's the reason that the data is not matching up is because of some miscalculation with how we experience time and how the stars experience it exactly exactly and 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 to remedy that the the AU Astrological Union has mm-hmm. proposed a 
sign that will only appear every seven years for okay. individuals born between the dates of August 1st and August 8th, mm-hmm. and that will be answer the goose. The goose. The goose. Now, there is, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is a constellation that currently does represent a goose, if, if I'm correct. That is a Cygnus? Cygnus is a swan. Oh. So this is an, a brand new constellation that they are coming up with out of nowhere. Well, well arguably it is part of a a larger constellation but that's actually quite controversial whether or not um answer is part of a wider uh, constellation or its own constellation sure but but that's a matter of debate it's a matter of debate but but this is this is an astrological fiction unlike the wider sort of field this is something that we have had to just sort of make up and push in in order to allow the wider framework to continue operating it is extremely it is extremely brave of them to push in some sort of small amount of fiction into the rigorous field of astrology it 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 is it's causing a lot of debate and a lot of turmoil uh within the community um of of fortune tellers and you know stargazers Uh, so Answer would theoretically be a hybrid earth water sign with a mutable subclass. Um, and, okay. But this this is merely has as has been suggested. This is a proposal. Um, right. The Astrological Union has specifically said that this might be open to changes depending on how the wider meta looks like with the release of this sign. Right, this update. Uh, additionally, uh, the, the tentative uh, sort of... Um, personality traits underneath this sign um would be that these individuals born under answer um the the goose right uh, they would be saucy but timid okay with an unyielding passion that shows intermittently a shimmering darkness and strong avian features those would be that those are the proposed personality traits of an individual born under answer fascinating and would would this be retroactive would it be something that has ex- exists currently for everybody born you know i don't know in the past 20 years under this sign or would it be something that would start at a, at a given time the, my understanding of this is that this would be applied retroactively okay. um, and that would actually cause kind of a uh, a big deal of consternation among individuals, among the professionals out there who have spend their careers making astrological birth signs of famous dead individuals. Those people, of course, are going to have a, a, a very difficult time adjusting to this. They're, right. they're going to have to completely redo their calculations. Right. Some but, of them may have like tablets with all the signs on them, and they're going to be aggravated that they have to add another one. And 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 alt history will also likely, if this goes through, take take a hit because there are a number people out there who are really vested in what sign winston churchill was and how that plays into battles on the the western front right because yeah the data proves that it does but it it seems to have been there seems to have been a miscalculation um, that they're trying to correct for now just imagine how different the world would be if Winston Churchill was not a Sagittarius? What if he was a Libra? You know, uh, for for certain people in those fields, this the, is a major issue. World War II would have gone a totally different direction. But, but frankly— Perhaps I, there's another parallel universe where Winston Churchill was a Sagittarius or was a Libra. Well, there absolutely 100% is, but that's that's a separate discussion entirely. Right. Uh, point being is, is there's no way to do this without ruffling a few feathers. Of course. No pun intended. Without without cr- yeah. bra- cracking a few Throwing. eggs, no pun intended. But putting the goot before the cart, uh, and, and there's there's some legitimate other concerns as well. Uh, Cygnus is not in the plane of the ecliptic, unlike the other. Or sorry, um, uh, Answer isn't in the plane of the ecliptic, right. unlike the other zodiac signs. Really? Um, and 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 like I said earlier, that is while that is true, this exists as an astrological fiction to fix a model. Um, none of this is set in stone, of course. Public comment period has just opened and is available on the Astrological Union's website. But I encourage mm. the the listeners out there, the citizen astro- astrologers, the citizens astrologers, to all of you, I would encourage you to only chime in if you really know what you're talking about. Right? There's with things like these. Unfortunately, it attracts a lot of people. 
who who are bringing their feelings into this. They bring the feelings into this that that have a very unobjective standpoint, and it gums up the works. So right. so please please thought out thoughtful opinions only. Recognize that this is about the science and not necessarily about you know your connection to any particular. Uh, specific star sign or constellation or the star sign or constellation of individuals you you know and love right there's a few other alternatives that were floated should this not be the route that the uh mm. the union takes right uh there's expanding libra to include two more stars that mm. that comes with its own issues but would solve some of the wider problems uh, right some have proposed sending up satellites to create a new constellation right. uh, rather than simply full in a constellation from elsewhere in the sky make a 13th zodiac right. sign um, i mean you know right up there you've got pisces that's 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 only like two two stars up there that could they could use at least one more it, it certainly just widen sort of the sphere that it occupies mm-hmm. um another was changing the angle of the orbit of the earth um pretty reasonable right. uh, proposition uh, and but frankly, this is really only a problem for the Western zodiac and horoscopes, it's things you see in the Sunday newspaper, that sort of yeah. thing. Uh, many of the non-Western traditional zodiacs don't have this problem, such as the Chinese zodiac, the Hindu zodiac, the Indianian zodiac. Right. Uh, I personally use the Simonian zodiac, developed by my guru, my mentor, Simon um, Amy, Simon Amy mm. himself. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it actually looks beyond the constellations we can see and incorporates stars too dim to be see unassisted. Um, right. It, you get a lot more granularity in your predictions when you go that route. Right. I mean, you know. It widens the scope. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it does. All right. Well, is that is that it, Rowan? Uh, yes, that's, um, it's, it's a very interesting story. It's very interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think if anything, this is, this is disruptive. This is a disruptive story. It's disruptive to the, to a field that we, we see, you know, this is, this is the problem is that so many of these fields, these scientific fields, we think of them as, we think of them as traditional and we can't think about them as traditional anymore because they are science. We need to think about them as disruptive. But saying that, that is a good tie-in to my story this week. And my story this week is, I guess it's a bit of a eureka, a eureka moment. Um, let's call it a, a, a eureka, a, a, a eureka initiative. Oh, all right. Because hacktivists from Chicago announced the Tesla field testing initiative, where they plan to wreck 100 Teslas in 100 days. Well, perhaps you could call it a disruption derby. Like a demolition derby. I'm just go ahead. With I the don't story. think you can, because um, well, we'll get into it, Rowan. That was a good try. So recently, as you may have heard, there have been a number of vehicular accidents uh, or incidents connected to Tesla vehicles in the United States. Many of them tied to inefficiencies and vulnerabilities in the autopilot systems of those cars. Uh, for those that are using autopilot systems, which are 100% full, their right to do that is 100% protected by the law. Well, well. F- good frankly um you know i and but to clarify Mm. is the situation that they are not illegal or that they are protected by the law um well there is there are certain laws for example the the second and fourth amendment which some can interpret as protecting uh fully fully autopilot vehicles oh yeah but ultimately like ultimately it is just the laws aren't haven't caught up currently and Good for that because it's good for disruption, good for innovation, certainly. Um, so Tesla is a company that Tech Brothers Laboratories, which is the laboratory that I work for and which um, brings you this show, um, admires and appreciates as, as they certainly showed themselves to be disruptive and innovative and exciting, um, as exciting as any other major tech company um, in existence. There's something that's sort of a friendly rivalry between um, this lab and uh, and that lab because Tech Brothers 2 does manufacture 100% fully electric autonomous vehicles. Um, for example, the, the TB Labs, uh, TB Auto Labs, have several lines of affordable, affordable, be- affordable vehicles, which include Tech Brothers Anode Chapter E, and of course, the latest, the hot, sleek, and sporty Op Amp. 
Well, you know, I'm not a huge fan of car culture, but seeing a move to electric cars, that is to say, more environmentally conscious cars, right. that's I like that. And and I appreciate how quiet they are as well. I swear the cat the cars on my street they're old cars, they're muscle cars, and they just rev them up and down my street all day. Mm. It scares the cats, frankly. Right. And these cars, they they can sneak up right behind a cat without them knowing. Well, that, that I, my cats would appreciate They're the that. apex predator. Um, so here on e, uh, ECN, though, we don't want like to talk about what's going on in industry too much. We like talking about science, and we like talking about citizen science, which is why I'm excited to talk about um, the reason I brought this up, which was that the Chicago Hacktivists Collective um, have stated their public mission, which started last Tuesday, to conduct live testing of Tesla vehicles to show their vulnerabilities on the street, on your na- in your neighborhood streets, on highways, just in, in the field. And when you say vulnerabilities, you mean ways with which outside actors can, can, can wreck these cars? Um, yes, exactly. To, to, to expose hmm. those vulnerabilities and use them to, to you know, make a point. Yeah, it, it, live testing. Live testing in the while streets. driving. Okay, yes. very, well, very, it, very disruptive. All, yes, it's the very, very disruptive. It all started a month ago when hacktivist BitStalker was able to uh, successfully and repeatedly um, connect via Bluetooth to Tesla keyless entry. Uh, uh, you know, they're the keyless entry uh, knobs or whatever they call them. The things that you tap on your car to make it, you know, open or whatever. I believe that's a fob. Sure. Um, they were able to take uh, they were able to uh, take control of that to get the signal, to put it on. What's even better is that they were able to do this. They were able to capture this unique sim, uh, 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 signal, which was associated only with one specific Tesla vehicle, using a uh, a, a hacked Tech Brothers Laboratories mask. Mm. Um, now, of course, Tech Brothers does not condone tampering with our masks at all, but we do applaud the ingenuity of the, the hacktivist in question and did send them a new mask as, in a, as replacement. Um, and since then, hacktivists all over Chicago, hacktivists, inno breakers, and, and all sorts of, uh, of, of Cody individuals have uh, taken on this larger incentive, um, have taken it to heart. Um, such as Crypto Tracer, who was able to disrode three Teslas safely and one not so safely by feeding uh, the radar systems on the Tesla, which was Teslas, which were driving on the road, complex whale noises, um, which caused them to uh, to interact, interfere with the radar signals, and cause them to swerve and, and break uh, erratically. Well, I can't believe that this is something that they didn't think of already. Exactly, I, I, there are communities with roads next to the ocean where there are whales and whales make noises and if the vehicles are incapable of reading through this whale noise that will almost certainly be there right um i'm uh, already it's a, it's a huge uh, yeah it's a huge uh, um a huge oversight um there was a hacker named Des Moines who uh who pioneered a method of hacking stoplights to glitch in unexpected ways, so to blink red and green rapidly. And these tactics, you know, are safe for regular cars driving on the road who would simply take that as, uh, be confused by something like that, would think it's an issue. The Teslas, they didn't know it was an issue if they were on autopilot. They would careen directly into the intersections. Um, And upwards of five Tesla Model Ys alone have fallen prey to this hack. Once again, a huge glaring oversight. Uh, Exactly. Very, very hard to believe that this was failed to be caught by quality control. Right. And then the last and I think the coolest one, the most disruptive one, is that an individual named Red Land Painter um, has been painting new street lines on the road. Now, simply speaking, street lines are incredibly important to autonomous vehicles, especially Teslas. So by widening and narrowing them and creatively directing one lane of traffic into oncoming traffic at intersections, they've been able to uh, to take out nearly nearly eight Tesla models. Now, in all fairness, I think there are some individuals out there who, as humans, would fall fall prey to that to that tactic. So I, I with that one, I it's it's hard to it's hard to. Uh, I don't. I, you know what? You know what I will say though. Was that Rowan? Is that um, you gotta you gotta keep your eyes on the road. That's and that, true. That would solve this problem. Um, and if anybody's worried about the safety of this, Teslas are completely safe. In, in fact, it's it's 
Um, it's believed that more than 80% of the car needs to be completely destroyed before posing any harm to even a family of four um, seated in the carriage of, of a Tesla Model Y. On, and, and how many, um, how, what was the percentage of car destroyed in some of these tests? 79 Anyway, it's 100% safe. Tech Brothers Laboratories believes in and supports all hacktivists and Hack the Planet initiatives. So I'm excited to see whether they're able to live up to this 100, 100 Teslas in 100 days mission. Now, do you th- feel there's a do – you, do you know of a party planned or some sort of, some sort of celebratory uh, sort of uh, engagement should they reach this lofty goal? Mm, well, I don't personally know of one, but if there, w- if there was one that existed, um, I'm sure it would – it would be pretty great. Well, thank you very much, Kai. It's always exciting to hear. I, I, for one, am very much in favor of the autonomous vehicles because at a certain point, um, it's like having horses again. It is. Horses are auto- horses were the original autonomous, uh, autonomous vehicles. And you know what? Zero petrol. Biofuel powered as well. Exactly. Make a car that can drive itself and eat grain. That would be the dream. They, it, it is. It's called. Uh, uh, it's called. So I have a reading from the old Souls Almanac. Um, this is, right, of course, a, co- a collection of wisdom from old souls, introverts, empaths, and light workers. You know, individuals who uh, have they feel deeply. They can't De- stop feeling. Deeper than than most, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So I I have a quote here. the best swordsman in the world doesn't need to fear the second best swordsman in the world the person he has to be afraid of is the introvert forced to go to a party when their energy is low now Rowan who said that Honda Musashi the best swordsman in the world straight from the horse's mouth and with that, we were going to take a short station break. And when we return, we have a very special feature yes. in store. So please stay tuned. Stay tuned. And we are back. We are back. Welcome back, citizen scientists. Welcome back, Rowan. Welcome back, Kai. It's time to get into the special feature. And this week, it's more important than ever because this week, we're talking about the future. Yeah, and it's kind of a of a bit of a downer to we don't mm-hmm. like to do depressing stories. There's no. so many depressing stories out there right. that are covered by so many other uh, media organizations right. and, and including and, science and technology shows as well. Right. And which is very strange because I mean most science and technology news is happy it's optimistic most of it there's there every day we learn more things to look forward to exactly whether that be autonomous cards or a 13th zodiac sign any number of exciting new developments out there but we have to be a little dour yeah we 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 need to think about the future of of science technology which is of course the children the children they they are the scientists of the future they they are the innovators of the future they will come up with the innovations and the disruptions that are we're only are only the the a speck in our eyes today um they will stand on our giant shoulders in 50 years to come but are we serving them that is the real question exactly. and and are we cultivating in them an appreciation for science technology engineering and mathematics exactly. STEM. and 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 the answer by most metrics seems to be by all metrics no the answer exactly. is no it's 100 percent no the state of stem education is at an all-time low i mean you it, it's definitely gotten it, it's had its ups and downs um certainly over time but what we can say now is that the problems that we currently have in stem education are brand new problems that we have never experienced in the history of, of humanity and a great deal of that has to do with the attempted corrective actions that many individuals have made in good in good faith right in an honest attempt to try and make things better but but frankly it seems to have made things worse exactly um kai would you like to speak more about this because uh you know i i i'm more of a, on the wellness psychological side of things but right. you you have some interesting things to bring forward about the actual education that's happening right i, I work in new media which uh, a branch of new media a subset of new media is edutainment 
um, which is an endeavor to get you know young kids to be interested in in STEM fields. But the problem are, problems problems are so many people are trying so many new things in the field. So many not only new things but tried and tested against and and, and disproven uh, 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 things in STEM education, and and people just don't aren't looking at the data and seeing what's working. Um, for example, the, the, and this is the first, the biggest issue that I want to get, uh, you know, on the table. I want to discuss um, first for the special feature, and, and that is, people are no longer teaching lectures. They're no longer lecturing kids on on the importance, on the important fields of STEM. No, a great deal of the move has been to quote unquote hands-on learning. Correct. Right. Exactly, hands-on learning, making sure kids are you know doing the science even before they before they know what the science is. There's just you know, there's just some STEM concepts, there's just some information, some knowledge you can't gain by doing something hands-on. Well, no, I mean, a monkey can perform a titration. Uh, it, yes. It, it, it's not impressive to have a child through um, rote memorization or through having someone sit there and monitor them right. achieve some scientific quote-unquote scientific result right uh, that is that is the obviously the wrong way to do it i have learned so much more from lectures personally than i ever have in the quote-unquote real world i have information i learned at lectures that i have never used and i am proud of that and and these children are missing out on this right this this stuff that kids are not learning hands-on the reason frankly the reason that they're not learning it hands-on is because it doesn't apply yet but if we want these kids to be innovators they need to know about it so the fact that they're taking we're taking lectures out of public education is 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 traumatic and i think it it bodes it bodes unwell for the state of innovation disruption and optimization in the future the second thing i want to talk about is that there is a deficit um of kids that are going into stem fields these days whether it's uh, whether it's young kids, whether it's kids going off to college, whether it's kids enrolling in very specific high school programs at every level, um, there is a deficit of kids going into to, to STEM fields. And that's mostly because people have a very limited definition of what STEM means. We're seeing that people going into like hard science, hard engineering fields, and that's great. Um, but we're missing that there are, you're ignoring very crucial job vacancies in STEM adjacent fields, the, the shadow of the spheres of influence right. of STEM, the sh sort of the umbra that's cast around right. these hard sciences, yeah, these, it's, these these hard engineering. Yeah, the, the umbrella term STEM is missing so many crucial job positions in STEM, such as I mean, two two very common, two very uh, you know uh, dramatic examples are fields of medical test subjects, and of course. The field of gaming. Well, on that on that first one, medical test subjects. You know, it, it, it's been so de-emphasized to be a good subject in schools. You right. know, everyone can speak at length about what a control is—a positive control, a negative control. Right. What about being a control? Yeah. In I mean, for example, when you're when kids are doing science fair projects, they're almost told that they're not allowed to do those projects. On their younger brother or sister, on their classmates, they're they're not only discouraged, but they're disallowed from doing stuff like that. And, and then you look at the individuals who go are left to do become test subjects, to become research participants, mm -hmm. and it goes to these sort of these 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 you know these lesser minded you know these humanities people. Right. You have you have people that 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 you know that are they're out there. Um, struggling that that fill these vacancies right and, and 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 that's not what we need to be studying we shouldn't exactly. be studying the people that need to be studied we should be studying people who are prepared to be studied a a exactly um it's people don't realize how much skill it takes to be a medical test subject. garbage in garbage out that's how it works exactly. frankly with even Th with medical with medical studies throughout the whole paper frankly um but then of course there is that second one gaming so many People miss gaming as a viable as a viable career path in STEM education. There are over thirty thousand jobs in gaming that go unfilled every single year, which is why I want to announce right here on this broadcast of Eureka Cast Now that I'm introducing the term STEMG. 
STEM Go, which encompasses science, technology, engineering, math, and of course, the crucial and often overlooked field of gaming. Well, I don't know about that, Kai, but I, I, I do know that I see this in the spirit sciences as well. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not quite as good data out there about this, but I know for a fact, just based off of the professional conferences I attend and the conversations I have with my peers, mm-hmm. that there are communities in this country who have to travel for more than 100 miles to receive naturopathic care. And and, and in, in the older days, this would be filled by, by the wandering medicine men but th- there's such a shortage in that field. Mm-hmm. We don't have brick-and-mortar naturopaths. We don't have the wandering medicine men. No. There are people out there who are not receiving holistic care. Uh, yeah, and there are, game, there are games out there that are not being played. There are, there are esports that you, teams don't aren't filling up, very lucrative positions that are going unfilled. So that's why I, I agree with what Rowan said, and, and it sounds like Rowan agrees with me on the introduction of STEMG. Um, as, as the I, I common don't know if, I don't know if I agree with that. The no. third one, the third biggest issue, um, is that kids do not have access to the tools they need in their schooling systems to get adequate STEM education, um, which is why organizations like Tech Brothers have, have started initiatives such as the one, shot, one Satellite Per Child initiative to give kids those satellites that they need to learn. Well, an- another thing that could perhaps pique the interest into the spirit sciences specifically is the removal of spirit boards from the classroom, mm. um, or Ouija boards, perhaps, if you want to call them. Sure. It-, it doesn't have to be political. There's nothing inherently politicized or religious about a child engaging with a planchette in order to speak with entities. And that's right. how that-, that initial interest is cultivated. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's that. There are the fact that kids so few kids get to see um, they get to see their own brain scans. Nothing gets kids more engaged in the natural sciences than seeing what their brains are doing at every given moment, which is why. Kids, frankly, they should they there should be fMRIs in the classroom. Well, I mean, they're fun. They're so much fun. They're we have fun one fun. back at the institute, and you know, we have real work that we do with it. A lot sure. of very interesting parapsychological experiments that we do with the fMRI. But there's something very, very charming and and fun about putting someone in there. You know, you say, "Oh, you have to repair the inside of it," and you trick a colleague into there, yeah. and then you just tickle them while the machine's on, and you watch their brain light up, right? And and it's it's so much fun, yeah. So, and, and children are missing out on this, yeah. And and that it's part of the problem that we say, you know, kids they're not allowed to play with things like that. You know what I say? Go for it. Well, one hundred percent. And chemistry, chemistry has taken a huge hit in this, and of course, its sister field, alchemy. These mm. classes are not as dangerous as they used to be, but mm. that is an issue because children, and once again, adults, they love danger. They love explosions. They do. Nothing gets the scientific mind churning more than a good explosion. Exactly. Ask Oppenheimer. Now, f- I have a very interesting anecdote here. Now, famed physicist Burkhard Heim, a, a well-known physicist, uh-huh. lost both his hands in a laboratory explosion and as part of the amputations had his forearm stumped converted into a pincer we need to see that motivation in our children exactly and they're not going to do that if we keep doing things like banning fireworks or keeping radioactive elements they're learning about radioactive elements in their chemistry classes as we speak and so few kids actually get to touch and hold something that's actually radioactive it's it it completely having these things in the abstract is not comparable to having it there with exactly. you. Certainly. And this is once, of course, not to diminish the purpose of lectures, because as we discussed earlier, lectures are where the bulk of information needs to be conveyed. Exactly. We just need these these these, these tools to be a, a, more exciting. We need these tools to actually reach people where they are interested, specifically right. children, where they are interested yeah. and what makes them interested in science. In in the STEM fields. In STEM, yes. Um. So what we, what we want to talk about is, is, is again, we're lowering, we're, we're going to talk about something that, that is a little bit um, sad to hear, too. Isn't, isn't that right, Rowan? It's heartbreaking. It's it heartbreaking really is. Because we, we did a poll recently. It's an in-house poll that Eureka Cast Now has done. Rowan and I have done 
in collaboration with the Marzuski Fund. We took this poll that reached a several dozen at the very least children. We asked mm-hmm. them in the Chicago public schooling system. What are your top ten what what do you want to be when you grow up? And we had a list of what they wanted to be when we grow up and we right. compiled it. Into a top ten list. A top ten list. And 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 the results will shock you. Yeah, they're 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 tragic. Staggering. The number one astronaut. Now, on the surface, one might look at this and say, well, that's sort of STEM adjacent. Isn't that that's, what you're looking for? That's sort of STEM adjacent, yeah. But at the end of the day, the astronaut is just the astrophysicist's driver. He's just taking the, he's just taking the thing up there. All the science happens inside it happens with the tools in, in that, that that the astrophysicist has worked hard on the astronauts just the guy making sure he's just the union worker making sure that the that the cargo gets from point a to point b he is the guy the the, the poor schmuck that got strapped on top of the rocket yeah. so that the real work could get done on the ground he's, he's just the poor teamster that they jammed into the in, into the shuttle it's not a good field it's not a good place to be it's not what you want your children to be aspiring for it's it's, frankly it's not really stem um number two biomedical engineer all right sure it's not looking very forward no it it, it, yeah it's not yeah biomedical genetic engineering that would be a better option i think but biomedical engineer it's on the right track you know it's right. a very once again these are from eight-year-olds primarily right. um and and so uh, you know it's understandable for them to, to have a, such a um an elementary view of what they could be doing such as biomedical right. maybe engineer. their parents were bio maybe their parents just say maybe their parents are geneticists but they say biomedical engineer because it's so much harder to describe what a geneticist does. Now, now this is when we get into the heartbreak, number right, three, because right. this, is, this is absolutely heartbreaking. Um, number three, the number three thing that children's aged eight want to be is just gig work, and that's in quotes. That is in quotes. And, and this, of course, a, a sort of encompasses— it Encompasses, the, yeah, many different types of gig work. Uh, you know, the various sharing, ride sharing, food sharing, right. dog sharing, that sort of thing. Not, yeah— and this is the thing, not developing those applications. Which there needs to be more of. There needs to be way more of. It's actually doing the work in those applications, which shows a lack of, frankly, STEM and ambition in these kids. There is zero aspiration to achieve the marketable skills that STEM provides. And it's, it's right. really, it's, it, once again, tragic. Um, number four, number infosec slash hacker. Yeah. Now, it, now I know what you're thinking. Pretty good. Yeah. But infosec and hacker, we need to separate those two terms. So often we think about hackers as being a members members of the fields of infosec, and that's just not true anymore. You can hack everything. You can hack kids. You can hack pets. You can hack jobs. You can hack yourself well the the fact of the matter is i hate to tell you this kai but you've seen this data too if we considered them separately neither would be in the top 10 it's only when we put them together exactly um exactly because that's what these kids said these kids said infosec slash hacker number five chef not horrible not the worst not the worst but but what we would really be liking to look for are things like molecular gastronomist right looking for things like tea house functionary right. pharmacist yes that th- those are all they're sort of in that same field and you know uh, to to the listener out there who might have a child if they say that they want to be a chef don't give up hope no. You can you can push that. That can be that can be moved to something more marketable. Because, that can be moved to something that is actually worthwhile. Right. And and it just comes down to the fact that you need to remember if you're disheartened by your kids saying they want to be a chef. Just remember, in the future, most of the science will be done in the kitchen. Number six is a YouTuber slash broadcaster. And this is this is heartbreaking. This was one where I had to I had to stand up. We we both had to take breaks going over this information just because it was it was such a a a, a rude awakening. Right. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a streamer. 
Sure. Everybody wants to be a streamer because a streamer is somebody that takes the latest technology, finds the latest technology, the, the, the latest applications, the latest uh, tools in their fields, understands them, and, and goes the furthest with them. The fact that these kids want to, you know, want, want to be a part of these legacy medias like YouTube or broadcast, God forbid, radio broadcast, it, it's, mm. it's, it's tragic. These kids shouldn't even know what a, what a broadcaster is. They should only know. Uh, they should only know about TikTok houses. So, well put, Kai. I could not have put it better myself. Mm-hmm. Um, number seven, oil rig operator. That's fine. Hundred percent fine. fine. That, probably the the best one on this list. Number eight, though, doctor. And now, once again, adjacent, close, adjacent, close, decent, almost, almost. But at the end of the day, the doctor. Is merely the the p- biologist's plumber, right? He's just doing the dirty work. They're they're just doing the dirty Once work. Once again, it's the poor schmuck that they put in the white coat and handed the scalpels and say, "Here you go, do this thing." He can't even keep the white coat. He has to give it back at the end of the day to the real scientist. It's tragic. It's tragic. Number nine, copywriter. That's basically. I mean, you might as well. They might as well get a degree. In humanities at that point. Absolutely. I, I would say at that point, if your child were to tell you they wanted to be um, or even a doctor or a copywriter, right. I would I would have given I would give up hope. <laughs> I would I would set aside a trust fund and hope for the best. Right. Hope hope they have some sort of uh, they hit their head or something. Yeah, and and surprise number ten was very surprising to me. Um equally tragic, but, right. but very surprising. I'm still um, trying to I'm still scratching my head over this. Number one. number ten, the the tenth most common thing that children aged eight wanted to be when they grow up from our in-house poll mm. is a bag man slash lady now roan does, does this is somebody at a grocery store that's bagging groceries no I, i'm referring to an individual who has all of their belongings in a bag a panhandler or a vagrant oh i see again not very not very stem related mm. and not ambitious enough no definitely not and, and and you know some of those were some of those were fine right. more or less we we voiced our concerns, but but they're, they're, those are not going to be the jobs that are going to be available in the future. No. Frankly, it's, it does not line up. These kids are working the, their way out of their out of the career, and, and we need to be seeing things like VTubers, crystallographers, right. tech support specialists, blockchain miners, wellness specialists, trailblazers. Not I would have been very happy to see trailblazer or innovator or even disruptor right, exactly. on these on these top 10 lists and yet and yet we did not it's social media magnate doesn't it doesn't care it doesn't matter what social media it is it could be a brand new social media of the future kids just need to be thinking about the future which they are not so what do we do about it kai what do we do about it what are we to do about this we're going off. We're 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 going we're, we're going off script on this one on this one on, on this one, uh, listener, because because we've we've sat down. We've had this issue put in front of us. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do, Kai? This demands that the people hear what we have to say. Right. This issue. demands. This demands our utmost, our best ideas. We 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 were worried about solving we were, the astrology signs. This is way more important than that. Frankly, I don't mean to you know throw cast shade on. On spirit science, but I think our kids are more important than the stars. I, you know, um, kids and stars influence each other in ways that are important. You know what I think we should do? What's that? I think we should let the kids handle it. Well, what? So I, we have a citizen science. Uh, oh, we do. Okay. Um, yeah. R- Aron, go ahead. Why don't you give us that citizen science? Now, this comes from Margarita Evna ninety five on Twitter. They do not have their blue check mark, they so don't. take this with a grain of salt. Right. Drinking water does not keep a person hydrated. It does the opposite. Through osmosis, water leaches minerals from your body and flushes them. They also burdens the kidneys. Eating fruits, eggs, dairy, and other hydrated food is better because it is isotonic our body fluids. Right, and the thing is, science is sometimes, uh, it's not obvious sometimes. Your body is 60% water. We all know this 
So people just assumed a while ago, once they learned that, they assumed they need to drink water because, you know, our bodies are water. It must be adding the good to good. But we can't make assumptions like that in science. Well, no, you can't. And, and, and frankly, this, you know, th- there's a common misconception out there that it is not healthy or advisable to drink seawater when, in fact, the salt content of seawater, ocean water, mm. is essentially isotonic to our bodies and and through that you know there are there are some very incredible results i've seen in the spheres of freeganism and breatharianism right with supplementing seawater into the diet completely phasing out alcohol juice right water for ocean water it has to be ocean water specifically yeah it's uh, it's only it's the only natural it sounds like now i don't know i don't again i don't know if this is 100 percent true this is outside of my realm of understanding but what i do know is that lots of things burden the kidneys if water was it was another one of those i wouldn't be surprised i would be hard pressed to find a kidney in the city of chicago that is not burdened it's that simple so this this person comes at it with some some very interesting points some good points some Mm -hmm. bad points um i hope they keep digging uh, keep your research going. I'd like to close in a quote by Gwyneth Connor, who said this. Unfortunately, there are innovations the human mind is too limited in scope and capacity to think up. The goal to which we need to aspire with our modern biomedical and brain science should be to allow our minds to conceive of the unimaginable innovations. DMT is quite helpful in that regard. Uh, it's the only thing that works. Eureka Cast Now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers, New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are broadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN LP 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, and rebroadcast every Monday from 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WIIT 88.9 FM Chicago. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us at Eureka Cast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and visit our website at awcyfm.com slash eurekacast to learn more about us or fill out your own application to publish your own research, possibly in next year's Journal of Citizen Science. If you do engage in other forms of social media, please feel free to reach out to us at facebook.com slash awcyfm or send an electronic mail to awcyfm at gmail.com where you can share with us, in addition to our forums, and any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed or participated in. Additionally, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program, feel free to reach out at that email, which is once again, awcyfm at gmail.com. And with that, Chicago, allow us here at Eureka Cast Now to send you away with our deepest concern for your children. Stem G because it's the G is gaming. I'm.